this week at VA, Wednesday, October 18th. That's right, podcast has moved to a Wednesday release. It's the same great content, the same powerful stories from our veterans just a couple days earlier in the week. For those of you tuning in for the first time, I'm your host, Marine Corps veteran Timothy Lawson. The first interview to kick off the new schedule is with Pittsburgh Steelers offensive lineman Alejandro Villanueva. Before we get to him, though, I quickly want to tell you how you can subscribe to the podcast, should you be listening right now uh, via your browser or the audio file that we put out on Twitter, etc., uh, and get these episodes delivered to your device each and every week. This Week at VA is available in Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and Google Play, and will soon be on Tune in shortly. Simply find us in your application of choice. Subscribe, leave us a rating and review so others can know about the show. We look forward to delivering you great content each and every week. One of my favorite things about having a podcast is deciding I want to talk to someone and then having that conversation on my podcast. When I learned that Alejandro Villanueva was an Army Ranger, I knew right away that I wanted to chat with him and figured this week at VA was the best platform to do that. Al talks with us about his decision to join the United States Army, being a Ranger, his transition to the NFL, and being a veteran in a high-exposure arena such as the National Football League. Enjoy. My grandfather served in World War II. Spending time with him were the best memories of my life. I became a physician at VA because of my grandfather, so I can help others like him. I can't imagine working with better doctors or a more dedicated staff. I'm fulfilling my life's mission with the help of my team and thanks to these veterans. I'm proud to be a doctor at VA and proud to honor my grandfather every day. Search VA Careers to find out more. All right, Alejandro Villanueva, uh, tackle for the Pittsburgh Steeler Army Rangers. Sir, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much, Tim. So uh, we start every uh, every interview with the same question. The one thing that we all have in common, Al, and that is the decision to join the United States military. Bring us back to that day for you. So I think that will go back to uh, when I was in high school uh, in, in Shape, Belgium. It's a uh, it's a military um, American base uh, in Belgium, the Supreme Headquarters, Allied Powers Europe. I think it stands for and. Um, you know, it, it, it kind of sort of defines, you know, what I've done my whole life, which is uh, as a kid, uh, you know, sit back and, 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 and watch, you know, the military sort of unfold in front of me. I, I grew up in uh, in Rota Naval Station in Spain first, and, uh, and after 9-11, uh, you know, it was a C-5, C-17 coming in, you know, pretty much every hour uh, full of Marines, you know, that, that would land in Rota for 24 hours, go to the gym, you know, and... Uh, then, then ship out the next day, and so I'll be sitting in class and just look at the C-17s and wonder where they go. Um, and then when I went to to to, to Belgium to to shape, then uh, then it got serious in the sense that 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 I was able to talk to to uh, U.S. officers and and my teachers uh, would have high expectations of what is it that I was going to do with my life, and uh, and certainly was not you know regarding it as sports. It was more of of service and, and academics, and so you know, I just thought that that the West Point was uh, a perfect fit, you know, from that aspect, and uh, you know, and the rest is history, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. I saw uh, that you were actually born on Naval Air Station, Brady, Mississippi. Uh, that's actually where I went to MOS school uh, for for aviation supply. Oh, um, nice. Yeah. 
so t- um, do you have a story from your? I mean, I'm sure you got plenty, right? I mean, you have a you have a bronze star for heroic actions overseas. Um, but do you have a story that you could, that maybe summarizes your time in? Maybe something you feel is the epitome or service, or uh, maybe a story you like to recall on often that you can share with us? Oh man, I mean, I just, just I mean, it's a lot of them, obviously. Um, you know, not, not just from from obviously spending four times in that prison in New York or West Point, but uh, you know, moving on up to Fort Drum. Uh, spending time before Benning, um, I would say that obviously the funnest times are when you're deployed and when you're forward. Um, you know, all missions are really fun. You know, to be honest, uh, I think uh, the the you know the rush and the and and the, and the adrenaline and the excitement of um, you know putting all your training into 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 you know fruition with you know with a, with an actual live mission. You know, when you got live rounds and stuff like that. So all those stories, you know, they've probably been told and, and shared, especially, you know, probably by our fellow Navy SEAL community, you know, a million times. Uh, but I think, you know, in my opinion, you know, the, the funnest the funnest part about, you know, especially my first deployment was probably, you know, going to a checkpoint or, or, or a, a, a very improvised base, um, you know, that, that we would, you know, have to occupy, you know, whether it was to support the ALP or whether it's uh uh, check on our on our on our uh, national A and P the national police um, you know over in the different sectors and areas of our air operation and uh, and, a, and a quick story comes to mind just now and, and I'm gonna say this is pretty funny but you know it was one of those things where we were spending a lot of times out in the field and and we were eating you know first strikes first strike first strike meals and it was getting kind of old and uh, I think my company commander decided to bring some steaks out for for you know one of these long extended periods of time that we're going to uh spend with um with our uh, local police you know in a, in a rubble down compound and uh um we used uh the same pan that our cooks were using to make pancakes blueberry pancakes um with uh to make our steaks and then when we when we were eating our steaks i guess two two of of two of, of my guys were allergic to the blueberries and uh, and, and they got and they got so so swollen up uh, you know, during, I mean, we, we're talking about it. We're in the middle of, you know, the middle of the, uh, the, the Zari district and in, in, in Kandahar province and in, in a very bean compound and, and we were making steaks and they tasted like blueberries and we thought it was funny, but two soldiers obviously, uh, you know, got very uh, bad allergic reactions. And then the next day, you know, we got in a firefight and, and, uh, you know, I think, you know, looking at their faces, you know, as I was trying to like, you know, give them command to bound and stuff like that. And they just had these balloon South Park like faces, um, <laughs> you know, based on the allergy reaction. That was, uh, that was pretty comical. Yeah. I, uh, you know, I, I think that's something that, uh, you don't really expect is such a, such a, um, a laugh, uh, uh, you know, a comical experience during a firefight like that. Um, yeah, I mean, you, you, yeah, you would expect. I mean, we we were thinking about you know medevac and, and taking them back, but I guess I guess they were able to to withstand the pain. Okay, so tell us about. Uh, obviously, you went on to have a a career in football, but um, is is what the is the opportunity in sports what prompted your decision to get out, or or why did you tra- why did you decide to separate? So uh, I guess my initial decision was to, to separate, just based out of the fact that uh, you know the, the military career path for an officer uh, in the infantry is, is very fun, you know, your first five years, especially if you have the chance to go to the Ranger Regiment. So I uh, graduated from West Point. I went to Fort Benning. I got all my schooling done, you know, waiving any leave because I knew that my brigade, based on the PACS chart, was deploying to, to Kandahar. 
and 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 I, and I wanted to go on the deployment, you know, as soon as possible, so that I would have the opportunity to to maybe take a platoon. And so I, you know, finished Ranger School, Airborne School, went up to Fort Drum, you know, rushed to Fort Drum, uh, got to Fort Drum, deployed a week later, you know, got a chance to to become a platoon leader, got back, you know, got the opportunity to go to Ranger Regiment. I was able to go to Ranger Regiment, continue to be a platoon leader and and, and the strike force leader in combat, you know, continued the missions and then. As soon as I got back from my third deployment, then that's when it sort of hit me that, you know, you're no longer going to continue to run, essentially. And now we're going to have to stop you for a little bit. You have to go back to school, to Triple C. Um, then you're looking at staff. Um, you know, because you went light uh, and you went to Fort Drum, you're most likely going to get uh, sent to a heavy, you know, unit. Uh, and based on that, and you know, your, your chances of deploying and going back to Afghanistan are are pretty limited and then after that you're looking at you know more staff um it was right around the same time where the army decided to get rid of uh, a brigade out of each division so then you had a surplus of officers and there was a you know longer waiting list for for command and obviously um my ILE date uh after 10 years was was sort of limiting you know my ability to go back to ranger regiment and become a uh, company commander and so i know this sounds very uh, you know, specific, you know, in the language and whatnot, but, you know, that's, that's sort of the conversations that as an officer that I had to have with, with HRC, um, you know, to try to see where my career was going. And, um, you know, it, it was one of those things like, you know, the war in Afghanistan is over, you're probably never going to deploy again. And so, you know, I looked at, you know, maybe different options and, and business school was one of them. It's, it's, it's a very common path for, for my, for, you know, for, for officers to sort of, um, you know, get out of this, the military and go to a business school. But, you know, in my case, I didn't know how to pay for it. And so I, I thought that maybe if I played in the NFL, I would, you know, pay for, for this, the, the tuition cost. Yeah. And then so um, what's what's the timeline between uh, you um, discharging from the Army and uh, getting, I guess, signed to the, I guess, the Eagles, would, uh, maybe that point? What, what's the timeline between that? Oh man, that time was was pretty hectic actually. So um, I got back from my third deployment. Uh, I actually got back a little bit early. I went to a tryout that I that I read online. Uh, the the regional combine, the NFL has an open tryout essentially for anybody who wants to try out. So I went to those tryouts. Um, the Philadelphia Eagles signed me while I was on block leave, and so as soon as I got back from block leave, then I told my company commander that um, you know the Philadelphia Eagles assigned me you know to their 90 men roster. And uh, he initiated the process of getting me out of the um, uh, out of the service, and so that that process obviously is, is a little bit long. It takes, uh, I guess, it took like you know almost three months for me. Uh, but in the meantime, I had to go to the practices and, and OTAs, and, and I had to be part of the team. So uh, I didn't take a single day of leave uh, since I was in the army, and so I was using uh, my leave time from Monday uh, to Thursday to go, you know, practice with the Eagles and then on, on on Thursday after practice I would drive down, you know, all you know, twelve to eighteen hours depending on the D C traffic <laughs> to Savannah, Georgia where I was stationed and then I would essentially, you know, show up to PT in the morning, I would do PT, I would spend a day of work and then I would sign out and leave again on Sunday. Um, so that way I could extend, you know, and, and sort of push back the amount of of, of, of uh of days that I could work out with the team. Um, until it was time to make a decision. And so essentially, my my uh, my, uh, lead, my 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 end of service uh, day was uh, I think September uh, August 31st or September 3rd or somewhere around that, which which matched final cuts uh, in the NFL. And um, 
uh, actually, you know, maybe a week before I was I was supposed to get, uh, you know, discharged from the army, then um, the the Philadelphia Eagles cut me. So I was looking to have it to go back to the service and and, and not be able to get out because obviously, you know, the contingent to um, you know one of the things one of the requirements for me to get out was to have a the, the NFL contract and, and the, the professional athlete service program that they have in the army. And so it was actually uh, pretty hectic because, you know, I, I, you know, at that point I was looking back to, you know, maybe go back to Ranger regiment, you know, and not have a job because obviously they, they, they gave, you know, my duty position to someone else. Um, and so, um, you know, it was a miracle almost that the Steelers called last minute and I was able to, you know, maybe extend this, 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 this tryout in the NFL a little bit longer, um, you know, Get 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 completely out of the army, and then, you know, hopefully find a chance to to make the fifty three man roster. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, you know, obviously you were your, your mind and your body's busy with pursuing uh, this possible NFL career. But we know a lot of veterans when they separate from the military, they experience some sort of emotional challenge, emotional crisis. Is that anything that you experienced during your transition or shortly after? Yeah, well, absolutely. You know, I, I actually this this is this game at Kansas City. I was able to um, to meet with a lot of my the guys that I served with and um, uh, with Tenth Mountain and uh, and you know it's 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 obviously you know sort of the same. You know, nothing's going to fulfill you as much as you know serving in battle with uh, you know with with an infantry unit. I mean, you're not going to find anything that is um, that is going to give you that same sort of uh, you know feel of of being part of something bigger than yourself. Um, so you know nothing is really going to fulfill you, you know, from that aspect. If you've been, you know, this this grunt that's been, you know, trying to look for uh, army units that are that are that are going to go to the front lines nonstop, nonstop, and all of a sudden you're completely, you're not even having the the chance, uh, sort of to, to to do something similar to that, then then it's very frustrating. And so, um, you know, obviously I've been very lucky, you know, with with my current job because it's it's a it's a very similar environment, you know, to what the military is like in terms of you know very focused, you know, very physical, um, and so you know th- that that has kept my mind off a little bit. You know, on top of that, I've you know I've had a family, you know, in the, in the process, and so now you know the, the the transition probably has gone as smooth as you can probably have it. Uh, but I've definitely identified, and I definitely. I uh, can see how there's a lot of uh, a lot of problems with with getting out of the army and trying to find a new role in civilian life. Yeah, um, who was uh, who was maybe a favorite player or a favorite team uh, when you were growing up in the NFL? So I didn't watch a lot of football growing up, but then when I started watching football, my my, my father was doing the Naval War College in Newport. I started following the Patriots actually, and. Um, you know, it was one of those things where I just randomly picked the Patriots. You know, it's funny now being a Steeler, you know, that uh, <laughs> to say that that it was a team that I that I actually you know really liked, and um, you know I had a couple guys from from my platoon. They were they were also from New England, and so you know we followed the Patriots. We saw them in Afghanistan. And we heard them over the radio when they lost to the Giants, and uh, you know I was you know I was a huge Tom Brady fan. Yeah. Uh, so I know there's I know there's some listeners that are probably waiting to see if uh, I ask you any questions about the anthem. That will not be happening. But one question I do have uh, that was sort of inspired by that is I'm curious to hear your experience of being a veteran in the NFL, knowing that your actions and your statements on patriotism, on service, on country, uh, will be held in sort of a higher regard, secluded from the rest, almost representing the community. How's that experience been for you? So I would say that, you know, 
regardless of who you are, right? It, regardless of, of what have you done in the military, regardless of, 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 you know, sort of your story, your background, it's very difficult to, um, to represent all veterans. You know, you know, my, my statements, my opinions might not be shared with, with a lot of veterans. And so that's, that's probably one of the things that I try to maybe, uh, convey people the most, like that you, my, you know, my opinions are only applicable to those who feel identified with my opinions and my actions. And so, um, you know, the military is a, is a very large organization. It has a lot of people with different beliefs, different ideas that are all respected. Obviously, there's a legal frame in the military that is different from the civilian, uh, you know, sort of uh, everyday behavior, whether it's, you know, national anthem and so forth and so on. And, um, you know, I guess in my case, um, you know, I just try to do what's right. But, but, but by no means, I think... Uh, you know, it re- represents the, the this is what a veteran should do and must do uh, when it comes to national anthem, when it comes to speaking to the media. You know, I, I'm just a, a normal guy that's trying to do, uh, you know, what he thinks is right. Um, I think I have obviously a, a set of values uh, that, that, that come from, you know, being raised in military installations my whole entire life, um, going to West Point and obviously serving in the military. And so, um you know, I, I try to display those values the best I can, but I, I'm a human. I make a lot of mistakes. And so, um, you know, I think sometimes with, with media attention, especially over this NFL anthem uh, sort of controversy, then it puts me on the spotlight a little bit too much. And, um, you know, it, it creates a lot of debate uh, about something that I'm not trying to, you know, debate or, or, or sort of argue. I'm just trying to, you know, try to do what's right. Yeah, absolutely. What uh, what similarities um, for for – uh, those in the audience may be a little less familiar um, with sports and with the sports atmosphere. Um, can you give us a couple strong similarities that you see between being on a team and being inside a military unit? Um, so I would say, yeah, I mean, there's, there's, there's a lot of similarities. Um, uh, obviously, at the end of the day, it's very different. It's a completely different environment, right? But, but, it, but there are similarities in the line of work. Uh, I, I guess the biggest thing is, is, you know, we have an everyday challenge. Uh, in the military, you don't know what challenge is going to be. Uh, I think in, in the NFL, you know, you can pinpoint the name uh, uh, and the and sort of the, the description of, of 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 what is the challenge you're going to face this week. This week we have the Cincinnati Bengals. You know, in the military, you might have a different type of mission in in in, in Gazni Province, or you might have a mission in Wardak, or you might have a mission in Kandahar, and so you know you have to adjust and create a game plan around it. And you have to pull everybody to in, and, and everybody has to, you know, sort of understand the plan, and everybody has to rehearse the plan, and, and that's essentially what you do in the NFL. You know, you identify the, the 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 opponent, you identify the game plan, and then you have to communicate it to everybody and rehearse it so that you can execute it on Sundays. What um, skill set, or um, you know, this is sort of piggybacking on the last question, but uh, what did you learn in the military that you feel is contributing to your success today in the in the NFL, and maybe even what's making you a better teammate uh, because of what um, because of your service? Um, so I would say the service, um, you know, especially when you when you when you're serving for for these units such as 10th Mountain Division, you know, First Ranger Battalion. Uh, you know these, these these units that have such such a huge legacy. Uh, I think what you understand is that you're a very small part of something way bigger than yourself. That that you know nothing really revolves around you. And so when you wake up in the morning, you have to say, you know, what can I do for people? What can I do for everybody around me? And, and it's not so much, you know, what is everybody going to do for me? Um, and so it's, it's sort of that mentality that 
you know, it doesn't matter if you do something great. Like it really doesn't, you know, just do it, be quiet, professional, move on. You know, you don't have to, you know, tell everybody, make a big deal about things, you know, just, you know, that's, that's what you're, that's what you're supposed to do. And so, um, I think when you're, you know, somebody, you know, I'm not, not saying that I was, but, but in the, in the, when I was in the, in the military, you know, I, I really looked up to these sergeant majors and these, uh, field grade officers who were so, um, you know, talented. They were so smart. They were making decisions that were so accurate. They were so inspiring in their actions and their, in their courage, their valor, their bravery. And so, uh, they never, they never really took any credit for anything. You know, it was sort of like, this is what I'm supposed to do. They, and, and the reason why I say field guard officers and sergeant majors is because they, they've spent enough time in the military to, 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 to see and know that, um, you know, they're, they're part of something much bigger. There's been people before them that have done unbelievable things. Uh, that's sort of how I feel. You know, I feel like if you come from 1st Ranger Battalion, you know, for me to be called a hero, for me to be called all these things that the media calls me, it's, 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 it's very, you know, you feel kind of like, man, I, I wish you guys knew what a real hero looks like. You know, I wish you guys knew what somebody who's been 19 deployments, somebody who's been, uh, you know, on these teams and task forces, you know, hunting Taliban all around. I mean, I wish you guys knew what those guys look like because I'm not. I'm, 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 I didn't spend enough time, you know, to, to, to call myself any of that. Um, and so I think that I think that approach uh, has been sort of a, a useful skill for me in life uh, because it's always, you know, made me, you know, uh, look at the things that uh, that others have done and, and, and learn how to value them and, 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 and ask myself what is it that I'm going to do, um, you know, for those around me so that, uh, you know, we can we can we can get somewhere uh, somewhere better. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, last couple of questions, Al. First, uh, do you use VA for anything? Uh, I, I work with the VA uh, here in Pittsburgh. You know, as much as I can. Um, and then uh, one of my one of my squad leaders uh, is now a physical assistant um, in the VA at Leavenworth uh, in Kansas. But uh, I mean, I'm very fortunate, obviously, to to, to to have a, a healthcare here with a team that is sort of expediting things, so I can get back on the field. Yeah, great. Uh, let's go, what? Um, uh, give us a, a veteran or a veteran organization uh, that you've uh, become familiar with that has you excited about what they're doing right now. Oh man, there's, I mean, there's a lot of them. Uh, there's a, uh, I mean, here in Pittsburgh, I'm, I'm obviously very familiar with uh, with the It's About the Warrior Foundation here that they have. Um, uh, very familiar with. Uh, the um, oh man uh, the um, there's two organizations so the the Rangers Lead the Way Foundation is another foundation that I that I really that I work with all the time and um, and uh, right now it's just a slip of my mind but it's it's, it's my, my my teammate Mike Vitti uh, and, and and my other uh, classmate Mark Faldowski they they created this this nonprofit uh, to honor uh, the fallen and gold star family members all around the, the United States. Yeah. But see, so again, it's, it's all these, you know, small nonprofits that are, that are really finding a cause, you know, such as, you know, my teammates in my classes from West Point that took the leadership to, to, you know, find something that was not right with society and, 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 and sort of change that and honor that. And so, um, obviously the USO is the biggest one that I, that, that, that I like to support, you know, just because I know that they do a lot of stuff for active duty military uh, members, uh, whether you're, you know, about to go to Afghanistan or getting back, you know, you're always going to stop at a USO. Um, but yeah, you know, it's, um, it's, uh, it's, it's really inspiring, you know, what, what, what everybody and all the veterans are doing after they get out, um, you know, for better, for veterans, you know, all around the world. 
Yeah, absolutely. Alice, thank you so much for your time. Thank you for uh, your service to our country, for entertaining us uh, on the gridiron, and uh, good luck this week against Cincinnati. Thanks so much, Tim. I served in Vietnam. I served in Iraq. No matter where you served or when, VA has benefits for veterans of every generation. To learn what benefits you may be eligible for, visit www.va.gov. Alejandro mentioned he works with his local VA in Pittsburgh. VA has volunteering opportunities that you can take advantage of as well. Every year, over 75,000 volunteers give more than 11 million hours in service to America's veterans. It is impossible to calculate the amount of caring and sharing that these volunteers provide to the veteran patients, and the volunteers are a priceless asset to the veterans and the VA. To learn how you can volunteer at your local medical center, visit volunteer.va.gov. Today's Veteran of the Day is Coast Guard veteran Donald Duard. Donald served during World War II from 1942 to 1945. His first mission was the invasion of Normandy, France on June 6, 1944. He was part of a crew that landed on Utah Beach. Donald's boat made several trips between Utah Beach and the larger ships further offshore, transporting additional soldiers to the beach. Donald's ship was also rescued crew members and other ships that had been hit by enemy fire. Donald passed away on March 20, 2013. We honor his service. To read Donald's full write-up and to nominate your own Veteran of the Day, visit blogs.va.gov. Episode 53 is in the books. Big thanks to the Pittsburgh Steelers for helping coordinate my interview with Alejandro, and thanks to Alejandro for taking the time to speak with us. If you have a question you'd like to have addressed here on the show, email us at newmedia@va.gov. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at DEPT Vet Affairs for more stories from our community. I'm Timothy Lawson, signing off. <laughs>